Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to Stompcast, welcome back to part two. Jimmy and I are just wandering away, actually we're very much approaching, I can see some zebras on the right who are wondering why on earth they are in a snowy <laughs> environment. They must be quite confused. Uh, and we're also going to go and see some monkeys in a moment. They, they're actually, uh, they're looking quite, excuse the pun, chill I'd say. Yeah. They're okay. The, yeah, them, I mean, do you know what, if you've got such a swank outfit like a zebra, I mean, beautiful black and white markings, I always think our donkeys really get jealous of them because they'd look like they're wearing some sort of tuxedo. Why are zebras in that colour? Are there something I'm well, sure I've told this Well, they say that the, the yeah, lines see in black and white and it's disruptive patterning. So if you're living in the savannah, your outline's broken up. It's a bit like sort of a, a commando with camo paint on. So, you know, if you've got a lot of them together, it's quite hard to pick out who's who or an individual. Nature's in this constant battle of us, like predator versus, you know, the hunted versus the predator. You've got to, yeah, it's almost like a, it's like a, uh, an arms race in yeah. nature and of course it happens over millions of years as well so they've got plenty of time to come up with such elaborate different sort of uh, um, mechanisms to avoid being being eaten but also trying to catch prey now we've come over to the monkeys now we built this big walkway over here over the top on these uh, sea containers because the docks are just down the road here and so we wanted to really bring in what the whole concept is of we've got transportation going on the, the sea containers of the train going past there yeah, yeah. heading to the docks so this really tells the story of the area as well um, so we put sea containers of the monkeys bedrooms and a little kitchen down there not that they use the kitchen it's yeah. for making the food the keepers <laughs> yeah. make the food yeah. um, and then we've got two groups but all the monkeys here these are uh, barbary macaques so these are um, the monkeys that you see in the in Gibraltar yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. But these guys are all rescue monkeys. So they're either laboratory monkeys or they're beach monkeys. Mm. Uh, and so we've worked with an organization called AAP who helped rescue these. And, uh, and we've brought them here to give them a forever home where they can be monkeys. Yeah. So we built a specific climbing frame on this mm. side. And you see they've got little, you might see they've got little puzzles, yeah. little things they have to move up and down and lift around. And on this side here, We've got much more of a naturalistic environment. So I, can got a see, yeah, I can see, I see what you're And these big oaks. There. So for the first time, these monkeys will be able to climb up into a tree with no wire over their head. And those are proper trees as well. They're big boys. Yeah, they? and, and be monkeys. Well. It looks like monkey heaven. I wouldn't know exactly what well, it's like. But I think it does, if I was a monkey, I could have a go at it. Yeah, it would be a, a monkey heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah Let's absolutely. see if Adeo's in here. Oh my God, look at him. He's oh, just sat there. Here we go. So these are... Come on, he's done this before. He has. These are homegrown walnuts. These are from my house. These. What's his name? Adeo here. Adeo. He's, he's, he, there's two name. monkeys in here. They're, these are quite elderly. Now, he was found roaming the streets in Portugal, I think. Um, and he'd been a pet and then a beach monkey. Uh, but here you can actually Wow. So you're literally out. giving him a new life, really. Yeah. Indeed, it's... he's over there. His little wife, she's ancient. I'm <laughs> just slowly wandering down. But we'd feed the other guys over here, look. See, yeah. my, my mum and dad, when I started this, thought I was completely crazy to even just start the farm up. Well, I was going to ask you, what did, what's your... Because you're, you're, you're from Essex, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So, and you're not from a farming background? No, not at all. Right? My dad was a uh, bricklayer and my mum was a hairdresser and they lived in East London. And they moved out to rural Essex. Um, and that's where it all changed for me uh, because they bought a little house with about two and a half acres 
My brother used to love West Ham United, being from East London. So my dad cut me a little football pitch in this meadow. And then my brother placed me in the goal and then just fired shots at me. And he had like the latest 1982 West Ham kit and I had like a kit from 1912. Um, and I just hated it. But then around me was just lots of tall grass with butterflies and toads and shrews. And as I said, just go off into my little fantasy world, pretend I was Robin Hood or I was a knight fighting the horde of enemy or whatever it was in the, in the tall grass and the cow parsley. So I could go off and do all this. But, um, but equally, I suppose my mum and dad were really hard working, um, but they just didn't get it, I think. And I, I used it as an escape as well, as, an, as a way of just disappearing to a world. So if I, if I got in trouble, I was told off, I had to do so, I, didn't, I could just go off, you know, uh, and live in this different world, even for an hour. Do they kind of try and get you out of this? They thought I was a bit weird. Why are you doing that kind of thing? Get they the same thing. thought it was a bit weird, but they equally quite enjoyed it because if they had people over, I'd become a talking... Yeah. Were you an encyclopedia? No, I'd become a, a subject to talk about, I think. But, you know, at the same time, I think, oh, he's a bit crazy, oh, he'll give it up soon or whatever else. At the same time, my dad would complain but not really complain so much that he would stop it happening like that I would take his greenhouse over and build a pond and have terrapins in there or I'd take over his garage and chuck all his stuff out and paint it white and put tanks in with snakes in wow so you really were immersed in like your passion for wildlife oh god, from yeah. such a young age oh, oh my god yeah completely but I remember I remember a time where it sort of did change for me somewhat and I thought they just don't get me and I, I used to wash cars in the village when I was about eight with a boy called Ian Redmar I mean, wash cars, I mean, it was like a pound fifty to wash your car, and it was a two pound to have it waxed. And we'd only wax the side that you could see from the house, not to the other side. <laughs> and, I, and I did it so I could raise, no, nice. I had to raise 27 pounds, £27.50 to buy an aquarium off of his brother. And I did, and I installed it in my bedroom. And I loved it, but I didn't tell my mum and dad. My dad saw it and went, get that out of the house. That'll cause damp, get it out. And I was like, oh God, and I burst into tears. And, mom, and there was an argument, and my mum said I would let him have it. And I look back on that sometimes, and I think like, my kids went out and washed cars and you know, put an Got aquarium together in their bedroom. That, I'd be like, what? Oh yeah, you'd put a whole blog about it, or you'd have a, 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 a be on uh, Reels on your Instagram, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I, you know, and I suppose they didn't really understand it because they grew up in a world where that didn't really happen. When uh, was the point, I guess, where they were like, wow, because I mean, you, you've created a, a huge career, a very successful career around basically your passion for wildlife. Was there a moment, because I guess, you know, there's been so many iterations of uh, Jimmy and Jamie's different things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah. Have done, you've done so many different kind I, of I think when they, when, they stopped worrying, and, when they stopped worrying about it, I thought it was, a, it was crazy. Even when I started the farm, they thought I was mad. And, and I drove my dad down here in my pickup truck to show him the expanse of the land and what, <laughs> what I, I did, What did he say? He was like, don't drive it over here, you're ruining the axle. I was like, don't worry about the truck. Look at the dream. But it wasn't Sounds about like that. Dad. But but I think because they had to work so hard for what they had, it really every little thing mattered. Mm. And they'd been through the ups and downs of life, mm. and they didn't want make me make you know, want they me to make the same they? mistakes. I suppose. Yeah. Care, but yeah. at the same time, I did find it slightly frustrating. So I was like, what about what about this? Can't you see the dream? But I think, uh, particularly for my mum, I think when she turns up now and sees everyone and 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 the visitors that come here and the business works, she's, she's like, oh wow, it's amazing. But at the same time, I remember them thinking, oh, they, he's crazy. Mm. Were there specific moments, I mean, you mentioned September 11, were there other moments that kind of 
drove you towards kind of taking watch because it sounds like your family just from a distance sounds like the family were very very hard working maybe wouldn't take such like this what they see as a as a risk and interestingly i kind of see some of that in my family my parents my dad's worked to the poli- as a policeman mum in the bank and very very risk averse people and i think yeah. they would say my life is very much the opposite of that almost everything i've done has been, has been quite not high risk but should we say out there is yeah this, what i drives think, I, you think to be like that? I think having having a, a slight attitude of going well doesn't matter what what's the worst that can happen I think if you, I always say that, and Abby can say, do I, "Don't I always say what's the worst that can happen?" What's the worst People that want can to smack happen? Me I say, if I say seriously, look yeah. at the situation and, until you're in a, a until you're stuck in a swamp full of crocodiles or something. Yes, you can't that get is <laughs> that is, I would say, amongst the worst that could happen. But then, you, if but you ask is, yourself at the start, you wouldn't. Have done. But it is true. And do you know what? It's interesting. Is that you, I always like to think of myself approaching everything by the glass always being half full, but as time goes on, you find yourself turning into your parents somewhat. And I have to curb that because if my daughter goes, I want to do this, I go, well, no, that'll happen, this will happen, don't worry. And I think, no, 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 you've got to let these things, things play out. But I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the risk averse thing really comes from my parents of, of, of working really hard and not wanting to lose what they had. But you do at a time when you're young, you feel, oh, they don't really believe in it. They don't really, and that causes you to shut yourself off um, and, and then also to go further into this little world where no one else can, well, no one else, i.e. my parents, can, can get you or affect you. As I hear you speak about kind of, um, you know, going out washing cars eight years old, clearly being, you know, going out and playing and, you know, in nature and stuff. Eight years old, um, when I was that age, I was allowed to kind of go out and enjoy the fields. I could cycle probably to nearabouts my local like tennis court and see my friends, whatever. But by the time my brother was eight years old, we had a 10 year gap. There's absolutely no way he'd have been allowed to do the same. And the world feels like it's tightened up so much for, for lots of reasons. And it's hard to say, like, is the world a worse place than it was then? Probably now is media part of it. Is there kind of the scare stories, I guess you see. But one of my fears actually looking at young generation is that do we actually kind of create too much safety around them where they don't allow, where there's no allowance for failure? I remember one day cycling. Um, this is when I was a bit older. I was like 14. I cycled to my friend's house, which was like eight miles away. It's quite far. Um, I was probably even younger. I was probably like 12, actually, even 14. I was about 12 years old, still cycling away. Eight miles. And he, he was in the middle of nowhere. There was, it was like four miles of the main road. And I timed it badly. My dad said, make sure you leave by this time because otherwise uh, it'll go dark and you'll be cycling in the dark. I had no lights, nothing. Of course, I stayed too long. I was messing about, lost track of time. I was like, oh my God, jumped on the bike, went dark so early. And I was terrified. I was cycling in the dark and I couldn't see anything. And I got home and I look back now and think, oh my gosh, if you'd have at 12 years old or whatever I was then, there's no way you'd have allowed your kid to do that. But I learned from that. First of all, I learned that actually nothing ate me. Yeah. Um, Secondly, I learned if you're late, you need to be, you know, learn from that, etc. So, it's difficult when you have your own kids. Uh, mm. And I, because I, the things I used to do, and, and, and I think, God, oh, would I let my kids do that now? And I'd like to say yes, but to, if the truth be told, I, I, I probably would worry slightly the same by going, you know, oh no, you can't do it. But what do you worry? What, what, well, what worries? I, I don't know, because you, you do worry about them being kidnapped, or whatever else. Mm. But uh, do you know what? There's. There were probably more pedophiles around when I was growing up that were hidden in the shadows than there are now. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, the, I don't think society's massively changed, but I think there is a lot of scare stories, but you've got to let your kids mm. take the knocks to grow up. Otherwise, you, co- you cover them in cotton wool. Interesting, they're so really... worried because monkeys are fighting. Let me you? just give him they some want more. Some, they want some to feed the monkeys rather than kick off. You know, we're, we're often so worried about, say, 
oh, the, you know, letting our kids outside physically, but actually most of the dangers are online, aren't they? Yeah. That's the irony yeah, yeah, yeah. is actually it's in the bedroom, sat on the phone Completely. where most of the danger Completely. is. It's not outside. And I'd much rather my kids, you know, go off on their bikes and walk through the woods and climb trees than sit scrolling on their phone all the time. And, and even as an adult, you find yourself going through your phone and like, obsessing with the Ukrainian war and all the horror stories. There. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, I've got to stop that because you fill your life with it. And then I think about my kids doing that. Or even when I... I did a real sort of dad thing the other day. Molly's watching something on YouTube. I said, why don't you watch something decent on the telly? And she's <laughs> did like, you catch yourself? We're like, yeah, I'm being I did, a dad. I did. I'm and and she said, well, well, no, this is YouTube. There's a, there's, a, there's a doctor talking about so. And I said, well, it's not peer reviewed. You can't, you know. There's a, <laughs> but you've got to, you know, they're going to do these things. But I think what you've got to do with modern society, with particularly children, is let them do what, with the screens and everything else. But also, show them nature and all the other stuff show them the alternatives, because kids yeah. are clever and bright you know they they know what's good and what's not good and and, and if something's going to capture an imagination like watching these monkeys forage for walnuts you know it will capture their imagination and i i think that you know we we worry too much about stuff you know you know the the a recent a recent survey um showed that um alongside financial worries um and uncertainty i guess for their futures Climate anxiety is the number one cause of anxiety for, for young people. That's what they're worrying about. And there's a kind of weird um, dichotomy or irony, I don't know, there that, that actually we're spending the le- least amount of time with nature, but we're worrying the most about, about yeah, it. Yeah. So what do you think some of the solutions are, A, in kind of reducing some of that well, anxiety? I, I, the, the, and also the, the anxiety we thing is a, real, yeah. is a really interesting one because the idea of going, you can't change it instantly overnight you know there's no point you worrying about it but equally at the same time there's little things you can do and as long as you're doing little things no matter how small it is you're creating a change Mm. and that could be just not wasting food at home better uh, choices at the supermarket uh, planting a tree uh, whatever it is everyone can do something but you shouldn't overwhelm yourself with the 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 responsibility of the entire population of the planet do what you can and if you can can do it's something if you advice. can make a change yeah like I, that's why i did all this is that i i thought i thought can i really do anything can i i, I we've got the the funds that we can start mm. the wildlife park we should do it if you can do it do it mm. don't be one of those a great people. message in there isn't it well, if you yeah, can, don't be do. all those people that you know if, if you've got the ability to do mm. something and make a change but you just can't be bothered mm. then that is a problem that is a problem you know, everyone could do something, no matter how small it is. It's, it's just don't. I'll tell you one thing. Just don't chuck rubbish out the car. Yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a big good. one. Don't fly tip. Don't it's fly so tip. You know, and all these things, and just recycle. All oh, there's so many things you can do. You know, uh, and we can all do our part. But the good thing about it, as opposed to my my parents' generation as a whole, is the the fact that there is a willingness to make a change, and there is an emphasis to, to say that this planet is worth saving. You know, and that, that's, you know, that is, that's a wonderful thing because you look at the next generation, look at my kids, and I think actually, you know, you're going you're gonna to make big changes and there's a positivity coming out of this because the, there's a will yeah. to do something. There's an odd situation, isn't it? Because at the moment, the power is in the hands of people that quite frankly it won't affect. Most of our political leaders are over the age of 55, 60. Yeah. Some are very much, pretty much 80 and not going to be around probably realistically the next 25, 30 years. So the power is in the hands of those that won't suffer. 
and those that maybe don't have or don't feel that they have the power are the ones that may suffer but i guess is how do we empower how do we shift that power to people yeah who is going and, to and you know what if only politicians were like those wise people that planted trees and knowing they're never going to sit underneath them to get the benefit of their shade you know if politics was run like that we'd all be living in a fantastic world but it's not all they're doing is paying lip surface to the voters for the next three odd years or whatever it is it's it's you know but that's how society really thrives by people doing stuff for the next generation knowing they're not going to benefit from it absolutely let me just chuck yes, some more nuts out there then because can I chuck a few? yeah yeah you get get you go for it yeah, yeah, just yeah, shut the sure, last stop sure, because yeah. this gives them stuff to do you know they've got to find them and they won't find them all you know, when I started the stomp cast, I'm not sure that I'd be throwing around homegrown walnuts and uh, feeding monkeys in <laughs> parts of England. That's not quite where I thought I'd end up, but do you know what? This is the beauty of it. You go outside. That's what's been amazing for us, I think, as a team. We've been around everywhere and seen all sorts of different kinds of nature. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely I mean, amazing. it's quite nice. You know what? The, uh, I think you've got a really lovely job is that you go around and just chat to people. You learn a lot when you just talk to people, don't you? You, you do, do. and I, I spend a lot of time talking to people, and I go to lots of factories and stuff like that, and you see all this amazing machinery, and or you go to different farms, but actually, talking to the person mm. uh, in that factory or the person in that farm is the, is the best bit, because it's, they're the, the driving force behind it all, you know, and, I, and, and the more you talk to them, the more you understand why they want to do it, and I, 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 you know, talking to people, I find it wonderful I guess the interesting opposite of almost what I said about the power in old and young is that actually the other bit we've got to focus on as well is that we can learn a lot from our older generations if you just kind of ask with meaningful intention to truly listen you can learn so much and, and you learn can. your lessons can't you and, and you know what we've got to be so careful in the culture that we live in today in terms of the council culture that we live in so yeah and the language you've got to employ what you've always got to remember is when you're talking to people of previous generations they are of their time yeah. And, 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 the, and the point of that, there's a lovely old farm that used to turn up here called Mo, Morris Clark. And some of the stuff he'd say now would seem so sexist. But what he was trying to say was he used to turn up here and he'd have a three-wheel van and, and I'd buy eggs off of him and he'd talk non-stop, right? And I'd go, oh, Mo's here. He'd talk my ear <laughs> right, off. Two hours. Yeah, right, but yeah. He'd, he'd love to watch me feed the pigs. He used to keep pigs himself. And he'd go, well, listen, boy, what you've got to do is, no, it's not all about the pigs. Yeah. Remember your missus take her out and buy her yeah. a frock every now and then, yeah. which sounds really sexist. Yeah, but yeah. what he was trying to tell me was that don't get your head so far into the business mm -hmm. that you forget the important things around it, like your relationship and the reason that you're together and you started the farm in the first place. You know, the language he was employing was t of his time, yeah. but the, the, the message is timeless. There's important messages. Yeah, really and, that's, that and, and talking to people from previous generations is so, so important. You know, Absolutely. that wisdom carries on. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing a lot more from, from your experiences in your life in part three. So thank you so much. I enjoyed. I could, can you imagine what we could say in part two of the Stompcast? I've been chucking uh, nuts to monkeys. I mean, chucking, just, um, <laughs> chucking nuts to monkeys. I, I mean, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> Be careful how we say that. Yeah. Still kind of getting it right and saying it right. It's, uh, anyway, guys. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed part two of the, the Stompcast. Do you know what? Even the, even the weather, it feels like it's clearing up a little bit. It was raining on us and it's snowing and now it's nice and clear. It's been a fantastic day so far. Guys, well done. Whether you've listened to part one, two and three all at once or whether you're doing this in blocks and that's how you engage with the Stompcast, that's amazing. Small steps, getting outside, looking after yourself, engaging with nature is great for your mind and your body. See you soon. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 